Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Alpha Sciences podcast. I'm Dr. Christina Cruzen, and I am the attending veterinarian and the chief animal welfare officer at Alpha Sciences preclinical research facility outside of Seattle, Washington. Today, we are excited to welcome Dr. Megan LaFollette. Dr. LaFollette is the program manager for the North American 3Rs of Animals and Research Collaborative. She recently earned her PhD in animal behavior and well-being from Purdue University. Congratulations on that, by the way, amazing achievement. Prior to that, she already had received a Master of Science in Animal Welfare from Purdue as well. Her primary interests lie at the intersection of human-animal interaction and animal welfare, especially regarding practical refinements for laboratory and companion animals. These interests have led to her conducting a number of interesting projects focused on rat tickling, compassion fatigue in lab animal personnel, refinements for cats, uh, positive reinforcement for training horses, welfare of service dogs, and human behavior change for animal welfare. So I'm really excited to hear more about some of those as we chat today. So thank you so much for making time to join us today, Dr. LaFollette. Thank you, I'm so glad to be here. So you are a program manager with the NA3RC. Uh, for anyone not familiar with that group, can you tell us a little bit about the organization's mission and what their goals might be? Absolutely. So the North American 3Rs Collaborative, um, otherwise known as NA3RC or the Collaborative, um, is a nonprofit whose mission is to advance science, innovation, and research animal welfare. And we accomplish this through collaborative opportunities to refine, reduce, and replace animals in research, um, or otherwise known as the 3Rs. Great. And specifically, what is your role within that group? So I am a program manager. I'm the program manager at the collaborative. I am actually our first and at the current moment only full-time employee. So I may wear many hats, um, but my primary role is to just drive forward our programs and our efforts to really advance the three R's um, across North America as well as globally. So what that looks like on a day-to-day -day is just you know organizing these meetings or organizing surveys, um, helping assist develop um, materials and resources um, to help implement the three R's and trying to really promote that um, behavior change. And you have uh, an impressive resume, extensive education. So what kind of inspired you to go this specific route with your background? What inspired you to take that position? Absolutely. So um, I honestly never thought that I would be in nonprofit. Um, it just never had really crossed my mind. Um, but what I did know when I was searching for a new job is that um, I loved animal behavior. I enjoyed teaching. Um, I liked laboratory animals and that I wanted to make a real difference. Um, and along with that, I was also very interested in communication, especially science communication. So then when I was actually on the job hunt, um, you know, I actually thought I was going to go maybe into an animal welfare officer for a pharmaceutical company or a CRO like yourself. Um, but then I ended up seeing this posting for um, what was originally a 3Rs fellow um, at the North American 3Rs Collaborative. Um, originally, it was just a 12-month appointment, so I thought it would be a great um, time to just get my feet wet, make a lot of connections, 
questions, um, learn more about the field. And then it's really turned into a permanent position, a full-time passion where I really feel like I can make a lot of impact on research animals um, and still connect with those amazing colleagues across the globe. So I'm really excited to see what's to come with the organization. That is really exciting. Um, and I can say, I know our staff has, has sat in on a few in your webinars, so I can attest to the, the impact you are already having. So we're very glad you're in that role. Um, just in case some of our audience isn't familiar, can you tell us what the three R's are? Absolutely. Um, so the three R's were developed by authors Russell and Birch to describe the principles of humane animal research. Um, and I'll go into just a little bit about what those really mean. So refinement is really about improving the lives of animals um, that we're currently using in research. Um, so this might look about a lot of different ways, but it might be um, improving handling, improving housing, um, minimizing pain and distress during procedures. The second R is reduction. Um, and traditionally, that's about minimizing the number of animals um, that were used when we still do need to use them. Um, but a caveat and kind of an interpretation nowadays is really about making experiments scientifically sound, appropriately powered, and really maximizing um, the amount of data that we can get from each animal and maximizing its translation. And we actually have an initiative at the North American Three Hours Collaborative that's focused on translational digital biomarkers that's looking at technologies allowing continuous monitoring of animals in the home cage, which really has the potential to help reduce the total animals used by maximizing the amount of data per animal. Then the final R is in replacement. So that's about trying to replace animals altogether um, with alternative technologies. Um, so this may be through um, computer technology, through epidemiology, through studies using um, naturally occurring companion animal or pet animal, um, or even microphysiological systems um, or organ on a chip systems. So there's a lots of different ways um, that we can try to replace animals, but one of the keys is also um, to work within the regulatory environment to ensure that um, the drugs and therapies and whatever knowledge we're gaining is both safe and effective. I noticed when I was visiting your website, there was mention of a certification course. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, so this is an initiative that I'm really excited about. Um, and that is that the North American Three R's Collaborative is developing a Three R's certification course um, that's gonna be open to really anyone in the laboratory animal research animal field. Um, we know that for vets, they can get boarded in animal welfare um, and there's certain trainings for technicians, but there's not really a place uh, an easily accessible accessible three R's training and a certificate um, that can go for scientists, that can go for animal welfare officers or IACUC um, coordinators. Um, so we really see this as a gap and we see that there's lots of really good three R's work being done, um, but not necessarily a recognition for the individuals who are really committed um, to the three R's and committed to their work and developing more. So we're really excited about this certification course. Um, we're 
just starting to finalize the topics, um, get the training actually all finalized. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably end up releasing it um, sometime in early um, 2022. And our hope is to one day turn it into a credentialing program um, similar to say ALAS's um, ALAD or LATG programs um, out there to really, um, really recognize um, and educate about all the great three R's work that's being done. Awesome. We will definitely keep on the lookout for that. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. I love it. I'm going to ask a, a little bit of a philosophical question for you, but given your role here and, and what you know about animals and research and implementing the three R's, how do, how do you see the role of research animals changing in the coming years? Absolutely. So this is obviously something we think about a lot at the collaborative. Um, and what we acknowledge is that at least right now, um, animals are certainly um, necessary for animal research. They're necessary for um, regulations. They're necessary to keep um, our drugs that we're developing to keep them safe and effective. Um, but what I see, see is I see continuous improvement um, of what we're doing with the animals. Um, by the application of the three R's. So seeing that refined housing and handling, um, seeing reduction be applied through better experimental design. And then the other thing that we really um, see is we do see more and more animals being replaced over time. Um, so for example, one of our initiatives at the collaborative is focused on microphysiological systems or organ on a chip technologies. Um, so these are about kind of growing it's really cool that you grow these little organs on plates, um, often using human cells that mimic um, the environment of that organ. And sometimes the organs are even connected together um, in a whole system. And so there's really good potential to um, test drugs for safety, um, for some degree of efficacy, for toxicity on these systems, and therefore replace, um, you know, maybe not all of the animal studies, but maybe many of the animal studies. Um, so we're really excited about that technology. Um, we're also excited, we have another initiative focused on rodent health monitoring. That's all about replacing animal, uh, sentinel animals with environmental monitoring. So rather than using live animals, we can just, you know, test the dust that's coming from the cages using PCR technology. Um, and we've actually found through this initiative, that um, one institution has switched and they've replaced 5,000 animals each year um, simply because of this new technology and the ability to implement it. So I see, you know, over time, the housing, the experimental designs getting better and better for the animals that we do still need to use, but then more and more animals um, hopefully being replaced by these emerging technologies. Wow, that is really exciting. I love the, the organ on a chip technology. It just blows my mind. Like, I can't even <laughs> believe that that's possible. That's amazing. Um, I recently had the opportunity to attend one of your rat tickling webinars um, with, with several of my staff. And what I really loved about that, I mean, rat tickling in itself, who can, who can <laughs> complain about that, but was this idea that you can take this concept and give institutions something really simple, like a really simple take home, right? That really anybody can do. Um, are there other, you know, new technologies or techniques or approaches that you're seeing that can be 
really sort of quickly and easily implemented on the side of the user? Absolutely. So um, the other thing, one of our another initiatives, our refinement initiative is really focused on um, non-aversive handling of mice um, this year. So it's it's somewhat similar to rat tickling is that it's a refinement to um, how we may traditionally handle mice. You know, in the past, traditionally, you just pick mice up by the tail. Um, but recent research shows that that causes mice a lot of anxiety and stress, which changes their behavior and their physiology which in turn can compromise research. But if you um, can get tunnels in their cages or even have some tunnels that you're disinfecting, it's fairly simple to train mice. Um, they kind of naturally want to go in these small enclosed spaces. So it's a very simple refinement of rather than picking the mice up to by the tail, simply encouraging them to go into that tunnel, then placing them on their cage lid or transferring cages then you can do whatever you need to do with them for your procedures. Um, or an alternative is actually just to use the hands to cup them. Um, and so certainly, you know, any institutional wide change can be difficult. There's training. Um, if you decide to go the tunnel route and you don't already have tunnels, there's potential purchasing. But overall, I think that this is a fairly easily um, implemented technique that an end user um, you know, even just one lab at a time can make this change. It doesn't have to be whole institution. Um, it can be rolled out slowly. And there's really good evidence that it improves um, mouse welfare um, experiments and more. So I think it ultimately will be worth the effort. That's great. That's an excellent, excellent suggestion. I love it. Um, as we kind of wrap things up here, if there is one one thing that you want our audience to take away that way with them today, what would that one thing be? I think the one thing that I would really emphasize is just that um, continuous improvement and optimism um, to always be striving to change and get better when it comes to animal research, that to not just remain stagnant with the status quo, but to be always, um, you know, figuring out what's the what's another thing that we can do, what's another thing to to recognize, you know, this is where we are and there's always places to grow. Um, um, and it's really worth it. Um, it's worth the effort. It's worth everything to advance science and improve research animal welfare. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, truly inspiring. I am excited to continue with the, the evolution of our animal welfare program here at Alta Sciences, which I do think is continually growing and improving, which is great. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And thank you to the listeners for taking the time to, to listen in. I, I hope you learned something and got some good take-homes. Um, please uh, visit our website, check out our other podcasts, and feel free to shoot any questions to the email below. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow Alta Sciences on LinkedIn and wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date on the latest and early phase drug development.